Welcome everybody to today's episode of the Jadava Show. This is your host, Jacob Valier. It is Friday, September the 8th, 2023, and we are one game into the NFL regular season. Uh, what a game last night. We got picks coming up. We've got our top, or we got our quarterback list uh, from worst to best. We will go through that as we do every year. Uh loaded podcast today. I'm going to try to keep it short. I got some complaints from some of you faithful listeners that it was too long um, on Monday. Um, And I'll admit it was, but it was my preview. They're not all going to be an hour long. They're probably going to be more like 15 to 20 minutes long. And that's what I'm going to try to aim for today, um, especially because I'm more time constricted than I was maybe on uh, Sunday night, uh, because I am in the car on my lunch break. Um, So if you hear a little bit of air moving in the background. That is the AC in my car keeping me cool because it is boiling in eastern North Carolina, though the weather is supposed to get a little bit better uh, better starting this weekend, and hopefully it does because I am going to the NC State Notre Dame game tomorrow, which I'm very excited about that. Um, And then slate of games on Sunday, so lots of fun stuff coming up. Um, Let me start with the game last night before I get into my picks and the quarterback list. So last night, the Lions beat the Chiefs 21 to 20. We, you you listen back on Sunday night, I think it was at the end of the show. um, On Sunday, I said Lions plus five and a half is the easy pick for the game. Um, I just, I don't, I didn't see a world where Kansas City was going to be able to blow them out. Uh, Detroit has played a lot of teams really close all season last year. Um, and last night, they just never, I mean, the Chiefs never could get away. The Chiefs actually dominated a lot of that first, really, the first half they dominated Kansas City. Um, Kansas City did. Um, but there were a lot of things I noticed last night. And it's fun to have a game where you can sort of look at and you can decipher things. You actually have data uh, as it pertains to this season now. And so looking at last night... I think there's always reason for optimism for the team that wins and pessimism for the team that loses. That's obvious. Um, You know, it's more hard to find, you know, what went wrong for the team that won and what went good for the team that lost. But I'm looking at the Lions first. Obviously, on my prediction show, I predicted Detroit would win their division this year for the first time in over 30 years. Off to a good start. They beat the Chiefs, which in my opinion was one of the hardest teams on their schedule, on the road, banner night in Kansas City, and the Lions win. What I was encouraged by with Detroit is they did not play a very good game of football. Their offensive line kind of got tossed around by a Chiefs defensive front that did not have its best player in Chris Jones. Holding out for a new contract, he wasn't playing and I think the Lions or the Chiefs still got awesome pressure on what should be a great offensive line for Detroit. I didn't think they ran the ball particularly well. I didn't like their play calling in the run game either, as they fed David Montgomery a lot of carries over Jameer Gibbs, who, you know, Gibbs looked like the better player out there, looked like the more explosive player, at least, for Detroit than Montgomery. And they only gave Gibbs like six carries, and they gave Montgomery... Uh, a lot more, maybe triple that. Um, 
it, I didn't like their play calling. I thought Jared Goff was great on that second drive in which they had the fake punt, and we'll get more into that later, and they drove down the field and, and he threw a touchdown pass to St. Brown. He was great on that drive. Other than that drive, it wasn't great. Excuse me, Gibbs had seven carries. Montgomery had 21 carries. Just looked it up. So it is triple the carries. Um, and the Lions really desperately lacked a number two receiver yesterday. St. Brown, six catches, 71 yards, and a touchdown. Um, all other receivers totaled seven catches. Reynolds had four. Uh, Khalif Raymond had one. Marvin Jones, who had a terrible game, had two. They need a number two receiver. Now, Sam Laporte of the tight end stepped up and looked good. But they need a number two receiver really bad. And Jamison Williams is out until week seven. They missed him last night. Defensively, a lot of holes. I didn't see a dominant defensive effort until late in the fourth quarter when they really bared down and gave a, an excellent effort on those last couple of drives, especially when the Chiefs had you know a long down and distance and needed um you know, big plays down the field, the line stiffened up. It was great, especially after making a lot of defensive errors, I think, in the first half, especially late in the first half. They gave up that third and 17 that ended up resulting in a touchdown drive. I thought they stiffened up late, but still was not overly impressed with the defense. It was a very imperfect game for the Lions, and they went to Arrowhead Stadium against the reigning Super Bowl champion Chiefs and won that game. I think it ha- you cannot look at this as a negative for Detroit. If they had lost, you would have said, well, they came close, but there were a lot of mistakes. They got to clean it up. They'll come out and they'll, you know, they'll be a good team. No, no, no. They made all those mistakes and won the game. So I don't really see any pessimism on the side of the Lions. I thought they played excellent football. They're only going to get better. They're only going to get more comfortable. And Jared Goff, I've always said he's one of the more underrated quarterbacks in the league. I think he's going to be a top three quarterback in the conference this year. There's going to be Jalen Hurts. There's going to be Jared Goff. He's going to be right up there. Okay, fine. Kirk Cousins, Dak Prescott, miss me with the average quarterback play. Okay? I'm not crazy about Brock Purdy or Derek Carr or Geno Smith, and who knows how healthy Matthew Stafford's going to be. You know how high I am, how high I am on Sam Howell, but I'm not going to go out on a limb right now and say, "Oh, he's going to be this awesome player." Top three in the conference. You look at the top three or the top two guys in the conference. There's Jalen Hurts one. Why can't Jared Goff be the second best quarterback in the NFC this year? Everybody talks about how weak the NFC is. Look at how Detroit played last night at Kansas City. wasn't great, and they still won on the road against Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. Jared Goff is now 2-0 career against Mahomes. Where, why are there doubters? This is a team that's going to win a minimum of 11 games this year, and they're going to win their division. If you want Derek Carr, if you want Dak Prescott or Kirk Cousins or Brock Purdy or Geno Smith or an unhealthy Matthew Stafford, go ahead. I'm taking Goff over everybody in the conference except for Hertz. I thought he was brilliant in certain situations yesterday, especially that second drive and then that nine-play drive where they went down the field and took the lead in the fourth quarter. I thought Goff played a heck of a game, had some really clutch throws. That's been a big complaint about Jared Goff. Oh, he's not very clutch. He was very clutch last night. He was great. 
That fourth down pass, he held onto the ball too long when they ended up giving the Chiefs great field position late in the fourth quarter that Kansas City squandered. I get it. He makes mistakes. He's not perfect. But I've always been a Jared Goff believer, and last night was sort of validation for me. He has now gone toe-to-toe with Patrick Mahomes twice and beaten him twice. Last night's game honestly might have been more impressive than that Monday night 54-51 win when he was with the Rams back in 2018. Because this was a banner night. And the Chiefs are, a lot of people think, the best team in the in the league. So that's the Lions side. The Chiefs side, and I'll be quick. I think there's plenty of room for pessimism. They really miss Travis Kelsey. Didn't play last night. Kadarius Toney, three drops, including what ended up becoming a pick six. Sky Moore didn't catch a single pass all night. It was terrible. Those are supposed to be your top two receivers. Not Valdez Scantling, who's only a deep threat. It's supposed to be Sky Moore and Kadarius Tony. And I'm a I'm a Chiefs guy. I like Kansas City, and I'm a big Mahomes fan. But you watch last night, and that offense without Travis Kelsey is not a top ten offense. I'm just gonna flat out say it. You look at that the way they played last night. They just don't get any. They don't have anybody that has sure hands, and they don't get a lot of separation. They don't run the ball particularly well. The, the offensive line had a nightmarish performance. I know there was no sacks, but you know you look in the stat sheet, see zero sacks, and say, well, Detroit didn't have a great game rushing the passer. Uh, you watch the game, Mahomes was running for his life the entire time. They're going to be a problem this year, the Lions' defensive line. And the Lions' secondary played their butts off in the second half. And the defensive line was all over the place. But... The fact remains, even with that, the Chiefs receivers don't get separation. They can't catch the ball. And that offensive line had a rough game. And the running game, both terrible nights last night. And let's be honest, Patrick Mahomes missed on a lot of throws. I saw him underthrow deep balls several times yesterday or last night. And I saw several instances where he just sort of needed a big play and threw an erratic pass down the field that was almost intercepted. That third and 20 almost threw a pick to C.J. Gardner-Johnson. Defensively, the Chiefs looked fine. They missed Travis Kelsey way more than they missed Chris Jones, and I thought it would be the other way around. I knew Detroit would cover the spread. I don't. I wasn't completely sure they would win, but this is a wake-up call. Because next week, Kansas City goes to Jacksonville, who I think is going to be one of the best teams in the league. That's a big game. They have to, that's a must-win game. The Chiefs have a must-win game in week two. They need to beat Jacksonville. Because then they'll be 0-2. Jaguars would be 2-0 in all likelihood. The Bills and the Bengals would both probably have more momentum. And the Chiefs, all of a sudden, two weeks in, you're not really feeling that great about them. That's a must-win game right off the bat for the Chiefs. Now, here's where there's optimism. They didn't play their best game at all. Lots of holes. They're getting reinforcements. Travis Kelsey's coming back. Chris Jones, if they can work things out, he'll come back. And if not, he'll come back in week nine, and they'll have a much better pass rush. And they have a good general manager. They have a good staff who will look at their issues look around and say, hey, we don't have any sure-handed receivers, and they'll trade for somebody, probably Mike Evans, and the Chiefs will be fine. That's why I would have been way more pessimistic about the Lions' rest of their season had they lost, but the Chiefs are fine. 
They're going to win a minimum of 11, 12 games, and they'll be one of the they'll win their division, and they'll have a couple of home playoff games. They'll be fine. Take a deep breath. It's okay. But last night showed me this is not a team that you can trust. I didn't even pick the uh, excuse me, pick the Chiefs to go to the Super Bowl this year. I don't think it's a team you can trust to make the Super Bowl. There are so many holes on that team right now, especially offensively. It's not funny. You can't funnel passes to Kelsey every single. I it worked last year, and it's funny they got rid of Tyree Kill, and at first, the divorce looked a little bit one sided. Tyree Kill balled with the Dolphins, but the Chiefs didn't miss him at all. Mahomes won MVP and the Super Bowl all without Tyree Kill last year. As an airplane flies above me, if you can hear that, the divorce looked one sided. But I think in time, if the Chiefs neglect their wide receiver position any more than they already have, which they already have, then it's going to look a lot more even. Tyreek Hill can look at them and say, well, you know what? Uh, I, you know, I, I meant a lot to that offense, a lot more than you probably think. And the Chiefs have flat out neglected that position now for a couple of off seasons. Two straight off seasons. They trade Tyree Kill. Their band-aid is Juju Smith-Schuster and drafting a bunch of guys in the second, third, and fourth rounds. I don't know if that's the best strategy, especially when you have Patrick Mahomes. Go all out. Hey, the Patriots had Tom Brady. They went out and got him Randy Moss one time. And Randy Moss was the ultimate band-aid. Tom Brady was MVP. Tom Brady had the most dominant season you've ever seen with Randy Moss. The Chiefs could have done that this year. Go trade for somebody. Sign DeAndre Hopkins. Do something. They didn't. They neglected it, and you saw what that looks like last night. Now, Sky Moore's going to have good games. Kadarius Toney, honestly, will have good games. Marquez Valdez-Scantling, Justin Watson, Kelsey, of course. They're going to have good games. But last night shows this is not a reliable offense without Kelsey. And even with him, I don't know how this can be a super reliable offense. They're not going to run the ball particularly well. Their offensive line's not going to be great, although Mahomes makes up for that. So those are my thoughts on last night's game. It was riveting to watch. I think it's one of the biggest wins in the history of the Detroit Lions. And I think they're going to be great this year. I think they're going to win 12 games. I think they're going to win their division. And I think they're going to win a playoff game. That's my early overreaction Friday on the Detroit Lions, although I was saying all of this earlier this week. So there you have it. Okay, so let's get into the crux of the episode. It's pick week. Well, it's the day of the picks. It's also the quarterback rankings. Let me start with the quarterback rankings, and then I'll end the show as I always do with the picks at the end of the show. Okay, so I'm ranking these quarterbacks 1 through 27, and you're probably wondering, wait, there's 32 starting quarterbacks. Why not all 32? I'm disqualifying five guys right off the bat. Three guys right off the bat are the rookies. Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, and Anthony Richardson are not going to be on this list. They have had no playing time. You really have no idea what they're going to be. Um, You really didn't even see a whole lot of them in the preseason, and what you did see was not spectacular. Um, and so, yeah, I'm not really going to be terribly sold on any three of them before their first career starts, so I'm not going to put them in. I'm also leaving out two guys that barely played last year 
who were rookies last year, Desmond Ritter and Sam Howell. They Desmond Ritter played three games. The Falcons didn't have a lot of talent. They didn't have, you know, much reason to play those last three weeks. And Desmond Ritter was learning the game. It's hard to make a big evaluation on him. He didn't even play in the preseason. And then there's Sam Howell, who did play in the preseason, but only started one game last year and threw 19 passes. It's hard to really get a grasp on those five guys. Everybody else on this list has had enough playing time for me to get a full evaluation on them. And I'm this is an evaluation on the quarterbacks themselves, how they've played their whole careers, and also their, their supporting cast and the teams they play on. So I'm going to go quick because I don't want to keep you all too long. I know you all have busy weekend plans, and you're probably listening to this on the weekend. So number 27, Joshua Dobbs of the Cleveland, of the, uh, well, he was on the Cleveland Browns, but of the Arizona Cardinals. So it could be Clayton Toon, but all reports are saying that Joshua Dobbs is going to be the week one starter for Arizona. The Cardinals are the worst team in the league. They have no receiving options outside of Marquise Brown, who's not even that reliable to begin with. Their offensive line is going to be terrible. Their running game is going to be subpar. Their receiver and tight end play is going to be worst in the league. Their coaching is going to be one of the worst in the league. That team is going to be terrible. And Joshua Dobbs has made, what, three career starts in the NFL, two? And it, that's not been impressive. More interceptions than touchdowns, no wins as a starter. There's really no reason to get behind Joshua Dobbs. And with no wins as a starter, only two or three games experience in the league and about a start for the worst team in the NFL. More interceptions than touchdowns. He's the worst starting quarterback in the league entering week one. 26, Baker Mayfield. Look, don't need to belabor it that much. He's had one good year. Um, everybody rips Carson Wentz because he only had one good season, a couple of okay seasons, and a lot of bad. Well, is that not the exact same thing for Baker Mayfield? 2020 was his only good year, even his rookie season. A lot of picks, a lot of mistakes, didn't have a winning record. 2020, he made the playoffs, won a playoff game at Pittsburgh, and then lost at Kansas City to Chad Henney, basically. And the two years since have been a nightmare. He's been on the Browns, the Rams, the Panthers, now the Buccaneers. Tampa Bay's got two good receivers, but they got a terrible coaching staff, not a strong running game, not a great O-line. Defense is on the regression. Baker Mayfield, second worst starter in the league. Number 25, Jordan Love. One career start, but he's been in the league a long time. He's played in a lot of preseasons. Um, He doesn't have a great receiving core. I think he's better as a talent than Josh Dobbs and Baker Mayfield. But there's a lot of question marks here. We've only seen him play one game, and that one game he wasn't very good. Not a lot of book on him. He's 25. 24, Mac Jones of the Patriots. Listen, there's a clear ceiling there. He's one of the worst starters in the league. Now, he could probably be a little higher once you factor in the rookies, Howell and Ritter. But, listen, Mac Jones... We've seen him play. It's not pretty. It's solid. There's a clear ceiling there, but he's not a game breaker. And, you know, he offers nothing athletically, and he's got a weak arm. Not much to say there. 23, Daniel Jones. Listen, I know a lot of you are going to say, well, what are you talking about? He won a playoff game last year. They made the playoffs. You know, he he owns the commanders. Sure, he does. All of that is true. But also, I believe in one year outliers more than I believe in the start of something really special. Daniel Jones has been one of the league's worst starting quarterbacks for years until last year. And you know what what made everybody change their minds last year? Was it the 15 touchdown passes in 16 games? 
Was it that? Was that what changed your mind? Was it the fact that he's really just become a, you know, watered-down version of Alex Smith? Is it that that changed your mind on Daniel Jones? Is it the fact that he had, before this last season, one of the worst winning percentages in the league before last season? Look, I don't know what it is, but the media has sort of fallen in love with the Giants and Daniel Jones. He's still the same terrible quarterback he's always been. It's just now he makes less mistakes. Um, and he's got a coach and a defense good enough to win him games. So Daniel Jones is 23. 22, Jimmy Garoppolo. Factoring in injury history uh, and the fact that outside of Devontae Adams, there's really nothing on this offense for Jimmy Garoppolo to lean on. He's injury prone. He's a little more turnover prone than a lot of people want to admit. Um, not much to say. 22. 21, Ryan Tannehill, one of the most benchworthy quarterbacks to start the season um, he's been on the hot seat for a year now. Um, just, you know, that offense just does not have a lot, by the way. Tannehill, I have him 22, uh, 21. Number 20, this will be controversial, but I've got Brock Purdy. Um, yeah, last year was fine. Not a lot of people knew what was coming with Brock Purdy. He was the last pick in the draft. He came in, he sliced up a few defenses, but you watch a few of his highlights. Even in that divisional playoff game against the Cowboys, a lot of passes he was very lucky, very lucky to complete. I had a really lucky completion over the middle to George Kittle in that game. Um, scheming is a big deal. Um, he's got good receivers. He's got a great offensive line and running game, as he always will in San Francisco. But I don't believe in him as a talent in any way, shape, or form. N- number 20, Brock Purdy. Number 19, Russell Wilson. He's fallen off. I had him very high last year, but he's all the way down at 19 this year. I think he's regressed badly. The running aspect of his game has gone in the tank. Um, And when you ask Russell Wilson to be a drop-back passer, listen, what of his career in the last few seasons has really indicated that he can do that without without his legs being a big part of his game? Um, The Broncos receiving core and offensive line, and it's very weak. They're going to have a better running game, I understand. But even with Sean Payton, I don't see this being a great season for Russell Wilson. He's number 19. Uh, let me go quickly through the next four. Number 18, Derek Carr. Number 17, Kenny Pickett. Number 16, Justin Fields. Number 15, Geno Smith. Three of those guys, I think, are going to have fine but not special years. Carr, Pickett, and, and Smith. And Justin Fields is a wild card. The athleticism is off the charts. They gave him DJ Moore but I still don't believe in him as a passer. He's 5-20 and in 25 career starts. How am I supposed to get fired up for that? He's a top 16 starter fringe in the NFL. Um, the other three guys, I think they're going to be fine, but I don't think they're going to be great. Then we get into three, or let's say three guys that I would say are pretty average. Um, Dak Prescott, 14. Kirk Cousins, 13. Jared Goff, 12. And I believe in Goff, obviously, more than those other two guys. But they're not guys that can really take the lid off of any defenses. Um, They're pretty much just, they are who they are. They need a lot of help to succeed. Um, Of those three guys, Jared Goff has the most talent. Um, Dak Prescott is the most interception prone. He led the league last year despite missing five games. Um, I don't need to belabor it. You know, everybody knows how I feel about Dak Prescott. Number 11, I'm going to go Matthew Stafford over Jared Goff. And I know earlier in this podcast I said Goff over Stafford. But if Stafford's healthy, this is projection. 
Stafford's healthy, he is better than Jared Goff. And if he is healthy, he'll have Cooper Cup at some point this season. He'll have Van Jefferson and guys on that offense that can play, and he has a good play caller and schemer in, in Sean McVay. So I like Matthew Stafford at 11. Um, all right, let me go with four guys now, 7 through 10, that I think are going to be very good. Let's go actually 6 through 10, who I think are going to be very good or just pretty good. And you can win games. They could even make the playoffs, but I'm not a firm believer in them You know, being good enough to take their team over the hump. 10, Deshaun Watson. 9, Aaron Rodgers. 8, Tua Tungvaloa. 7, Lamar Jackson. 6, Justin Herbert. They're all great. I love all of them. And I think they're all going to have great seasons. But in the, especially in a crowded AFC, all those guys are in the AFC. At least one, maybe two of them are going to miss the playoffs. So I'm not completely crazy about any of these five. They're not slam dunks, but I like them to a degree. Number five, here are my top five. Number five, my MVP pick, Trevor Lawrence. Now this is also based off of what he did last year, in which I thought he was great, but not special. But I think he's going to be special this year. Uh, the Jaguars are going to run away with their division. They got a good coach. They got a good running game. They got a good uh, receiving core. Their defense is going to be a lot more improved. I like Trevor Lawrence a lot. Um, he really came on down the stretch last season. Seven and two in his last nine regular season games. Uh, second greatest uh, postseason, uh, third best postseason comeback in NFL history last year against the Chargers. I like Trevor Lawrence number five. Number four, Josh Allen, a guy I think could win the Super Bowl this year. But last year was rough at some points, especially the second half of the season. Turnover prone, very reckless. Not completely sold on them having a number two receiver, but they have a good running game. Their offensive line got slightly better. They drafted Dalton Kincaid, who makes actually gives them a tight end presence, and they're going to have a good defense. They're loaded. And Josh Allen is one of the more talented quarterbacks in the league. I think he's more talented than Trevor Lawrence and Joe Burrow and Jalen Hurts. But altogether, the riskiness of his play caps his ceiling, in my opinion. Number three, Jalen Hurts. Given my Eagles fans some hope here, even though I hate the Eagles and Jalen Hurts, but last year was no fluke. That's a good quarterback. That's a great player. And all-around great teammate and leader, a great deep ball, not a natural thrower, but he's got two great receivers, A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith. Running game and offensive line are going to be great, as always, with Philadelphia. And this team is going to probably be the number one seed again and probably go back to the Super Bowl. Give me Jalen Hurts, number three. Number two, Joe Burrow. Uh, just got paid, by the way. He's the highest paid player in the game right now at the time of me saying this. And he's going to be the second best quarterback in the league. And number one is Patrick Mahomes. I really don't need to rationalize either of those uh, as I turn my windshield on to get a bug off of the windshield. Um Listen, even with a bad receiving core, he's still Patrick Mahomes. He's still going to be in the running for MVP at the end of the season. So, discounted. Howell, Ritter, Young, Stroud, and Richardson. In order from 27 to 1. Dobbs, Mayfield, Love, Mac Jones, Daniel Jones, Garoppolo, Tannehill, Purdy, Russell Wilson, Carr, Pickett, Fields, Geno Smith, Prescott, Cousins, Goff, Stafford, Watson, Rogers, Tua, Lamar, Herbert, Lawrence, Josh Allen, Hertz, Burrow, and Mahomes. That's my quarterback list for the year. If you want to roast me later on, you can save that. 
um, and roast me down the stretch. Okay, finally, last but not least, I know I'm going late, but here are my picks for week one of the NFL season. I will not pick Monday Night Football. Rather, all the games that will happen on Sunday. Here we go. <clears throat> Excuse me. Panthers at Falcons. I'm going to take the Falcons minus three and a half. There's no Adam Thielen. There's no DJ Chark, most likely no Thielen. Definitely no Chark. Um, the Falcons running game will be on full display. I think it's going to be one of the best units in the league this year, and they could very well lead the league in rushing with B. John Robinson, who's the early odds-on favorite for rookie of the year. The Panthers' defense is a major liability. Um, it's Bryce Young's first career start in the NFL as the number one overall pick. The last 14 number one overall pick quarterbacks that made their debuts are 0-13-1 straight up and 1-13 against the spread in their last 14 debuts. Bryce Young, first career start with a bad O-line, with a bad running game and team and his two top receivers missing, uh, and a new head coach with a brand new... Listen, everything's new for the Panthers. They're on the road at Atlanta. Good running game will use up the clock. I love Atlanta minus 3.5 at home. Bengals at Browns. I like the Browns plus two and a half. Joe Burrow is one and two with four touchdowns and five picks and season openers in his career, and he's one and four in his career against Cleveland. The Bengals haven't won in since in Cleveland since 2017. Joe Burrow dominates almost everybody he plays, but for some reason, the one team that he can't ever get his arms around and win is Cleveland. I don't get it. Deshaun Watson should be a lot more improved. He was a lot more involved in the preseason and the offseason with Cleveland than he was last year when he was suspended. Uh, second year in Kevin Stefanski's system. They've got underrated players on that offense. Nick Chubb, Amari Cooper, David Njoku, Donovan Peoples-Jones. I like the Browns a lot in the season opener to win with their plus two and a half line. Jaguars at Colts. I'm all, all in on Jacksonville this year. Give me the Jaguars on the road, minus five. The Colts have a rookie coach and a rookie quarterback. That's a lot of reason for me to be concerned about picking them. Trevor Lawrence last year on the road, 13 touchdowns, three interceptions, a 98 passer rating. This is going to be the season Trevor Lawrence breaks out. you got to beat the bad teams, especially on the road in your division. you got to beat Indianapolis week one. I like the Jaguars a lot to win big on Sunday. Buccaneers at Vikings. I'm going to take the Vikings minus five and a half. This is an early window game for Kirk Cousins. Cousins in that early window, so one o'clock or even before, he's 56-32-1 in his career. In all other instances, at 4.30 games or primetime, he's 18-34. and 34. This is a 1 o'clock game at home against a bad team like Tampa Bay. The Bucks had the 25th scoring offense last year, and that was with Tom Brady. And they're going against a defense in Minnesota that might have been bad last year, but they add defensive coordinator Brian Flores, who was one of the best defensive minds in New England and Miami and Pittsburgh these last few years. Listen. If they were that bad scoring offense last year with Tom Brady, what makes you think they're going to be any better, if not completely worse, with Baker Mayfield this year? So, I like Minnesota. It's back-to-back -back picks by me with at least five points. Favorites, I'm taking Minnesota, minus five and a half at home. Titans at Saints. Don't have a lot of thought here. I like the Titans, plus three on the road. Tannehill's 18-10 on the road since joining the Titans. Fair to keep in mind. I don't have any other 
real thoughts on that game. Cardinals at Commanders. I like Washington minus seven. So the Commanders have won eight straight games at home against the Cardinals dating back to the 90s. The two quarterbacks with three or fewer career starts are playing in this game, and Josh Dobbs and Sam Howell both played, or excuse me, both were the starters in the last game of last season. So Josh Dobbs actually started the last game last year and has more career starts than Sam Howell, but here's the kicker. Commander's starters, including Sam Howell, basically played three and a half full quarters in the preseason, which I like a lot. Any team that plays their starters in the preseason, I can get behind. Josh Dobbs did play in one preseason game with Cleveland, but didn't play in any of the preseason with his new team, Arizona. I don't like that at all. He doesn't really, I don't feel like he knows the playbook, Dobbs. Um, He has a much worse receiving core. Sam Howell at home with a touchdown against what could be the worst team in the league in the last few years. Yeah, give me the Commanders minus seven at home. Sold-out crowd, first game of the post-Dan Snyder era. Fans are going to go crazy. Commanders fans everywhere. I like Washington to blow them out, minus seven, at home. 49ers at Steelers. I'm going to go with Pittsburgh plus two and a half. Kenny Pickett, they won four of their last five to end the season last season. Okay, they were on a roll at the end of the year last year with Kenny Pickett, Mike Tomlin. You never bet against him as a road underdog, even against a great team like San Francisco who made the NFC Championship game last year. It's just hard not to take the points with Pittsburgh as two-and-a-half-point dogs in their home opener. Give me the Steelers plus two-and-a-half with T.J. Watt coming back. Excuse me. Texans at Ravens. Of course, I have to pick every game. This is the one game I don't feel comfortable with, but I'm taking the Ravens minus 10. I know you would love to pick Houston plus 10. But, again, hear me out. This is the Texans with a rookie coach and a rookie quarterback going against a veteran coach, a veteran quarterback who's been an MVP before, and a bolstered receiving core. I think the Texans are going to surprise people with some games this year. This is a very, very tough week one draw. I like the Ravens to blow them out week one, and that's really all I got to say about that. Um, Packers at Bears. I like the Packers plus one. The Packers have won eight straight and 14 to 15 against Chicago. I know a lot of that was with Aaron Rodgers, but Justin Fields has never beaten them, and we really don't have a book on Jordan Love. So, you know, I don't know. The Packers with a better coach. I don't know if they have a quarterback edge or deficit or not. This is another game I'm not crazy about, but I like Green Bay plus one in this spot. Raiders at Broncos. Broncos minus three and a half. Russell's six and five in season openers. The Broncos have a new coach that's a lot better than their previous one in Sean Payton, and Sean Payton knows how to get the most out of his offense. He's a three and a half point favorite at home against a bad Raiders team with a lot of drama surrounding them, and they'll be missing their best pass rusher. I'm not a big believer in the Broncos this year, but week one, I'm a believer. They're playing a bad Raiders team. Broncos minus three and a half. Four games left. Eagles at Patriots. I'm going to take the Eagles minus four. The Eagles have won 10 of their last 12 season openers. They are better in pretty much every way, shape, or form than the Patriots this season, with the exception of head coach. Their only advantage, New England. Coach, home field advantage. Everything else, I love the Eagles in this spot. And so take that what you will. I like them to win. 
Dolphins at Chargers. I'm going to take the Chargers plus three. The Chargers are the healthiest they've been in a long time. They've won four straight season openers. Everybody is healthy. I don't really get why they're not favored in this game. Um, I have seen some lines that are the complete opposite. The Chargers are favored by three, but the line I saw, this is, of, of course, these are all provided by Yahoo Sports, had the Chargers minus three. The Yahoo Sports had them plus three. So I'm going to take plus three on the Chargers, but I'm on the Chargers side regardless. I like them a lot more than a lot of people are giving them credit for. And especially Miami. They're kind of a media darling. A lot of people think they could win their division this year. I don't really see it personally, but week one, they got a tall task going to L.A. Rams at Seahawks. I like Seattle minus five and a half with Cooper Cup out and Matthew Stafford's health a big question mark at the moment. Seattle has the best receiving core in the division. The momentum is behind them right now. Not at all with the Rams. A lot of question marks surrounding them all offseason, and they're going to be without their best player in Cooper Cup offensively. Finally, Cowboys at Giants, the Sunday night game. Give me the Cowboys minus three. I get it. Tyron Smith and Tyler Smith didn't practice. And the Giants' pass rush is lethal. But Dak Prescott has won 10 in a row against the Giants. Over that stretch, 22 touchdowns, 5 interceptions. Six of those wins were by at least 14 points. He has never owned an opponent like he's owned the Giants. He's even in that stretch lost twice to Washington, another team he dominates. The Giants he hasn't lost to since 2016. I love the Cowboys. Week 1, Sunday night at New York. Give me the Cowboys. All right, my picks. Final, Panth uh, Falcons minus three and a half. Browns plus two and a half. Jaguars minus five. Vikings minus five and a half. Titans plus three. Commanders minus seven. Steelers plus two and a half. Ravens minus 10. Packers plus one. Raiders minus three and a half. Eagles minus four. Chargers plus three. Seahawks minus five and a half. And the Cowboys minus three. Those are my picks. This has been the pick week of the Jadava Show. Everybody enjoy week one of the NFL season and week two of the college football season. We will be right back here in the car on my lunch break on Monday for a recap of week one and especially the Commanders because this is a Commanders podcast. We all know. As for today's episode, I'm Jacob Valley here. This has been the Jadava Show. Thanks for listening and we'll see you all Monday.